Hello and welcome back to the Movie Bar Podcast, the average movie podcast for average movie fans by average movie fans. The bar is now open. Welcome to episode 63. I am your host, John. I'm Justin and insert crickets here. Kyle. Kyle, where are you? Kyle is not here this week. He is on vacation, quote unquote. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think he said something about going to New York or some. I don't know. All right. Any housekeeping? Uh, has. Oh, 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 wait. No. Um. <laughs> uh, uh, well, we got some, some sad news. Yeah. Oscar winner Alan Arkin died June 29th at the age of 89. He's always. He, Always, like, whatever he was in, he he always just fit seamlessly. Yes, I, mean, I was. I was trying to think, like, because I know there's one movie I just picture him in. It took me a few days to figure it out, but it ended up being the Santa Claus Three. Mm-hmm. He played Mrs. Claus's uh, father, mm-hmm. and like, he stole the show. Um, what are some of your? Uh... Favorite Alan Arkin movies that he was in? Do you have any? I don't know. I mean, I can't really pick a bunch. I know he's in a lot, and I know I see him all the time. And I mean, it's just that's just, you know, he's that good that I don't even remember the things that I, you know, see him in. Yeah. Um, but I mean, every time. He always he always is stealing the show. I mean, and he's always on there, you know, with other, you know, well, you know, he used to be. It got less and less as time went on, but other, you know, true legends and stuff, and you know, oh, playing off of them, and it, he was just always, always terrific, always funny. One role that stuck out to me was a uh, grudge match. He played um, Stallone's coach. Remember that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know. It's a shame. You, you never know when it, what could be their last movie. Mm-hmm. I wish I had written down what his last movie was. Let me let me look it up real quick. But uh, yeah, he's definitely one of those actors. You know, we're getting to the point now where all the uh, the classics are kind of dying well, off or I mean, retiring. <laughs> it's kind of what age does. Um. Um, his last credited movie was Minions Rise of Gru, where he played Wild Knuckles. Yep. Mm-hmm. 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, Spencer Confidential, which was on Netflix, was really I good. I haven't seen that yet. That's definitely worth um, worth a watch. Uh, Going in Style, Dumbo, Get Shorty, the TV series, Love the Coopers, Million Dollar Arm, Grudge Match. The Muppets, the changeup. Yeah, so uh, condolences to his family. Um, any new trailers? Have you seen anything that's caught your attention? Not really. Yeah, I, I really haven't seen any new trailers, just kind of repeats of ones that have already been out, like uh, Insidious, the last, oh, the, the Red Door. Yeah, I've seen that a lot. Um, 
seen a whole lot of news about how this summer's just flopping. All yeah. Big movies aren't doing anything because they're just rehashing old things and they're using people that nobody want to see in movies. So it's like, you know. <laughs> I'm going to talk about that in Movies Watched. Okay. I did see a new movie um, Friday and. Well, what was it? Let's do your movies you've watched. <laughs> okay. Yeah, might as well. Um, so I'll do that one last so we can, I can talk about it. But uh, let's see. I watched. The Hurricane. Oh, did I, say, I don't know if I said that last week. But uh, Lone Survivor with Mark Wahlberg. Um, Insidious, Insidious Chapter 2. I did start Insidious Chapter 3, but it was like 3 in the morning, so I went to bed. Rookie of the Year. Uh, Hot Shots Pod Dua. Uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween. Las Vegas. I love Las Vegas. I'll talk about that in a bit, too. But Friday, I saw No Hard Feelings in the theater, and I have never laughed so hard during a movie as I did that one. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it seems like it's funny, but I don't know. It just it didn't have enough draw to get me to say, I'm definitely going to see that. That is one you definitely will have to watch. You'll crack. Oh, I'm sure I'll see it. Like, there is a scene where... One of the characters kicks people's ass while naked on a beach. So it, it's it's fucking hilarious. But uh, how about you? What have you watched this week? Oh, not a whole lot. Watched Rookie of the Year. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark was on while I was doing some cleaning. I watched Mr. Deeds. Ooh, Mr. And Deeds. Uh, I've got two episodes to go, so we need to hurry this up. But uh, I'm also watching that. Uh, Muscles and Mayhem, I think they call it, on Netflix. The, oh, the Amer- uh, documentary about American Gladiators. Yeah, I I just found out about that today. I didn't know. Yeah, that came out, I've but, uh, seen the advertisements for it on Netflix for a while now, and then it came out this week, so maybe last week. But okay, I've been watching that. That's if I get two episodes left, four and five. So it's pretty interesting, pretty neat. I remember the show. I love the show. Oh yeah. Was, what was your what was your favorite thing they did? I don't know. Um, I always liked the human cannonball because just the thought of it. Yeah. It just you know when hit right, it just looks so goddamn violent. <laughs> yeah. I mean, watching them go at it with the joust after they got it, you know, figured out there that was that was always fun. And who didn't love assault? I mean, come on. Yeah, I think assault was. My favorite. It's funny that they haven't really even talked about that game, but I know that like that was like the one that like we were always, you know, yeah. I always thought was the best. Um, yeah, I remember playing the uh, NES game. Sucked. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't do that nowadays. But, yeah. uh, too violent. All right, let's get into our picks of the week. Well, Justin, what's your pick of the week? Well, I went with. Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Sue Ellen Crandall, Christina Applegate, is a teenager eagerly awaiting her mother's, played by Conchetta Tomei, summer long absence. While the babysitter, played by Edda, Edda Reese Marin, looks after her herabunctious younger siblings, Sue Ellen can party and have fun. But then the babysitter abruptly dies. 
Leaving the Crandalls short on cash, Sue Ellen finds a sweet job in fashion by lying about her age and experience on her resume. But while her siblings run wild, she discovers the downside of adulthood. June 7th, 1991, directed by Stephen Herrick. And I probably should have remembered this movie before I grew up because, yeah, adulting sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, no, this is, you know, classic movie. Christina Applegate was great in it. And I remember watching this a lot as a kid. Just a lot of nostalgia. That was kind of like her heyday, like uh, when she was just getting hot on um, Married with Children. Married with children and all that, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Um, so my pick of the week is Las Vegas. Aging pals Billy, played by Michael Douglas, Patty by Robert De Niro, Archie by Morgan Freeman, and Sam, played by Kevin Klein have been best friends since childhood. When Billy finally proposes to his much, much younger girlfriend, all four friends go to Las Vegas to celebrate the end of Billy's long-time bachelorhood and relive their glory days. However, the four quickly realize that the intervening decades have changed since City and tested their friendships in ways they had not imagined. This was originally released on November 1st, 2013. It was directed by John Turtletub. You've seen this, right? I believe so, yes. No. You know, the uh, Flatbush Four, and, you know, every time, like, some, like they fight with each other all throughout the movie, then the minute somebody else says something about one of them, they all intervene and beat the crap out of them. And, um, you know, it's, it's a good movie. I wish they made a second one. I know there was talks, but they didn't. That's how it goes. Yeah, I think I remember seeing it, but I, I'm fuzzy on the details. So, well, let's see. Uh, when did it come out? 2013. We might have seen it in theaters. Uh, I don't think so. That doesn't seem no. like a theater movie. Oh, I don't know. All right, Kyle, you're picking. Oh, that's right. He's not here again. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's get into our main topic. This week, we are covering 1993's Rookie of the Year. A brief synopsis, a freak accident causes a 12-year-old little leaguer, Henry, played by, well, we'll read that later, to become such a powerful and accurate pitcher that the Chicago Cubs signed the junior high student to a contract. Unprepared for such high-pressure environment, Henry falters until aging fastballer Chet Stedman takes him under his wing and teaches him how to play in the big leagues. Meanwhile, his mother's venal boyfriend tries to sell Henry's contract to a hated opposing team. Released on July 7th, 1993, which will actually be 30 years Friday, the day this comes out. Oh, that's probably why I picked it. Directed by Daniel Stern, (laughs) distributed by 20th Century Studios, has a, had a box office of 56.5 million, rated PG 13, has a runtime of one hour and 44 minutes, and it is currently streaming on Max and available for sale on Prime, Voodoo, and Apple TV. And our cast of characters we have Thomas Ian Nicholas as Henry Rowan Gardner, Gary Busey as Chet Rocket Stedman, Amy Morton as Mary Rowan Gardner, Patrick Lebrecht as George. Robert High Gorman as Clark, Bruce Altman as Jack Bradfield, Dan Hedaya as Larry Fish Fisher, Albert Hall as Sal Martinella, 
Eddie Bracken as Bob Carson, Daniel Stern as Phil Brickma, Tom Milanovic as Hedo, Neil Flynn as Stan Oakey, W. Earl Brown as Billy Frick, Ian Gomez as Odd Bellman, Andy Berman as Ernie, Columbia Jack, Jack, Jack Jacobson as <laughs> Becky Fraker. Wow. John Candy as Cliff Murdoch. Barry Bonds as himself, Bobby Bonilla as himself, and Pedro Guerrero as himself. And speaking of Bobby Bonilla, happy Bobby Bonilla today. That was July 1st. He's still getting paid, and he hasn't played since the 90s. Yes. Um. <laughs> that is one hell of a deal that he got. What's yeah. it, like three point something million or something? I don't even remember. Well. More money than I get. Yeah. <laughs> Must be nice to sit at home and just collect a check every year for $3 million. So, um, based off of the synopsis, based off of Chet Rocket Stedman, I'm starting to think this might have was originally written in, as the Red Sox. I mean, I don't know. I think it's just the way it goes. Because Gary Busey has a striking canny resemblance to another guy that was known as the Rocket back in those days, Roger Clements. Yeah, but you know how it goes. It's all about who they can get deals with and who they can't. Yeah. So um, so our movie starts off. Henry Rowan Gartner is at a uh, Little League game, kind of daydreaming. And then goes to catch the ball, has his hat fall down a little lower than it's supposed to be. He can't find the ball. Then um, finally picks up the ball, throws it in the wrong direction, which, yeah. I just want to say that my wife pointed this out while we were Uh watching it because we all watched it. He's got to be pretty bad. To have the asthmatic kid in right field <laughs> and him sitting on the bench. Yes. Like, that says something right there that he was so bad <laughs> that the coach put in the typical last pick over yeah. him. Yeah. And, you know, he, he thought for sure he was going to play the game, be able to play that day because one of the kids started Jewish camp or something. Yeah. Can't say and, that nowadays. And, and, I mean, I get having dreams when you're a kid and all that, but if you're that bad, yeah. that's, that's not a dream you should be having. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, eventually, well, trying to catch a fly ball, he ends up breaking his arm. And, when... and another thing, this kid is very easy to manipulate. Those bullies were just like, hey, kid, you can't catch it. But I'm yeah. gonna hit one, and you're gonna try. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think it goes to the whole. Uh, he thinks he's good in his head, trying to li- live up with to his father's standards. You know, as a pitcher or whatever, and then so now he breaks his arm. The doctor, imagine being in the cast for what four months? I think they said it was with yeah. your arm up in the air like that. That like that had to suck. I don't, I wouldn't know. I've never had a cast on any of my. Yeah, I've never broken my arm, knock on wood. 
I sprained my ankle. I had an air cast, but I took that on and put that off on, you know. Yeah. Well, that's at, that's that different. <laughs> that's different than freaking yeah. having, <laughs> you know. No. I so, so when he um, takes the cast off, they realize the, uh, what was it, the... Uh, tendons. The tendons. feel the, a little too tight. Has fused with the humerus bone, as they said. And he puts his arm up and then told to lower it. And when he lowers it, he smacks the shit out of the doctor. And it, it, <laughs> fucking <laughs> um, when the doctor goes, funky butt loving. Funky butt loving. Yeah. You could tell this was a kid's movie. Um, so as a gift for getting the cast off, the mom gets him and his two friends tickets to a Chicago Cubs game where whenever the opposing team hits a home run, they throw it back. Well, yeah, you don't keep the opposing team's ball. And everybody knows that. The, um, the older gentleman in the upper deck throws it and Bailey makes it to the field. But when Henry throws it now, he is fastball straight to the catcher. Mm-hmm. They said like 300 plus feet. And I actually forgot John Candy was in this. And How did you forget? I know. I, it didn't dawn on me when, but, you know, classic as the uh, announcer. But, um, and actually, that brings me back to the Red Sox thing. He says they haven't won since ni- 1908. That's the same with the Cubs. Red Sox it- were 1918. Oh, okay. Yeah, we, they had us beat by 10 years. Oh, okay. And then we beat them by, like, 15. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, the, the throw to home plate was 435 feet away. And um, it was so, a frozen rope. Yeah. So then you got the owner of the cub, the the franchise, who's losing his mind. You know, Cracker Jacks and his nephew. It wants to find ways to save the team. So they say, "Get me that person that threw the ball." Then they're like, "Oh, it was a kid." And. Um, so they bring him in, have him throw a couple balls, throwing 100 plus mile an hours. I'm sorry, but I got to say that, that, that the, the whole, you know, get that kid. Dan Diet is the perfect sleazebag. Yes. He does it so well. You hate him from the get go. Yep. Just like in Adam's family, he's just, he knows how to get under your skin. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's a. Uh, he definitely was meant for that role, and the guy that played the uncle, he was oh, just yeah. classic. Look, I, I love found it. A always, <laughs> always hilarious. Always. Um, so, so they sign him, and if they want to see him throw, they have to come to the game, which then brings in a crowd, which is good, because that's what they want, because I believe they have to sell out every game for the rest of the season to save the franchise. Which really isn't that. Again, now this is where you're getting into, like, 
this this is where it couldn't be the Cubs or the Red Sox. Those franchises are too strong. They're 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 not at the risk of losing anything. They should have used yeah. a team, you know, a Florida team, you know, mm-hmm. one of the other, you know, Midwest teams like yeah. you know, the Twins, like they did with uh, the other one there, Little Big League. Um, yeah. You know, they should have used or even a California team or something like that, because that more believable. Like, yeah. Even like the Indians with Major League, that was believable. They've been, a, you know, they're not original. They, you know, they're just you know, a team. But yeah, you, you can't do that with the Cubs, and you can't do that with the Red Sox. Obviously, you wouldn't do it with the Yankees. Um, <laughs> so I think they sh- they should have gone with you know maybe a little maybe the the White Sox would have been a better Chicago team to use that on. Yeah, and but you know, like you said, it was all about who would do it, and yeah. Um. So, his first game is as a relief appearance against the Mets, and where his first pitch gives up a home run to Hedo. <laughs> I mean, you'd have to expect it. Doesn't matter what the prospect is, you know that happens. Yeah. You know, especially if they're going to put him in against the power hitter for the other team. You know, that's, you know, <laughs> that's exactly what's going to happen. Especially to a kid. I mean, come on. So then, um, so the coach sends Stedman out to talk to him. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he's walking away, I don't know. What does that mean? Like, and then this coach. So what you say to him? Uh, you wouldn't understand. <laughs> but um, he he learns to control it. So now he he gets um, you know, saves the game thankfully, and then he goes in the second game where he gets his first strikeout and. Saves the game there too. Um, so now they're going on the road. Now let's talk Daniel Stern's character. <laughs> ah, he's he's such a good character actor. He, really he is. is, and you know you see him as Marv in Home Alone or any other roles that he's played. This one, like classic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's really good at that physical comedy. I mean, yeah. Just the way he could take the traps in Home Alone, uh, the way he's like falling down the mountain and all that and bushwhacked. I mean, he he gets it. Yeah. Um, and I mean, yeah, he, you know, directed the movie and all that, but I mean, he 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 truly gets it all the way around. He knows how he knows how to get it right there. It's almost effortless for him. And you know, they're in the hotel now and. Henry's amazed he gets his own room with, you know, a snack bar and all that shit. And then Daniel Stern's character is right next door and he gets stuck in between the dog. First it's he locks, free. Him, yeah, <laughs> locks himself out of his room and then gets the stuck. Creepy in, bell guy. Yeah. The bell man was a little you know, so that part kind of just messed with me a little bit, you know? Yeah. 
Oh, we'll send maintenance up to fix that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll get maintenance right on top of that. The and hell he... is that? <laughs> what? The maintenance guy there. The oh, yeah. Bellboy thing. And then he gets stuck between the doors when they go to the game. And so now, seeing it, since that's National League, pitchers have to bat. And Henry goes I mean, up to... that's something that obviously the kid's going to know. Yeah. You know? Did, but did do you think he honestly thought they were going to put him to bat? You know, he's a relief, you know, relief pitcher. But it just goes to show you that he's not a very good pitcher because he's not paying attention to the game. Because if he was paying attention to yeah. the game, he would have known that his spot would have been coming up the next inning. Yeah. So... But he's a kid playing in the major league, and he's excited. And <sighs> I mean, he, he as a manager, you want him to bat, yeah, because he doesn't have a strike zone that's really hittable. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's tiny, and obviously, you know, he's a kid, so yeah, Dumps are going to play a little favoritism anyway. Not that the umps know how to do their damn jobs anyway, but, you know. So, and he, he does frustrate the pitcher with his tidy strike zone where he he ends up getting walks. And then he starts that's, taunting the pitcher. That's what made Jimmy's brother so successful at baseball. Yeah. Well, aside from the fact that he was really freaking good. Yeah. But he was small. He's tough to pitch to. I had to pitch against him a couple times. God damn him. <laughs> yeah. Um, so now he's on base and he starts teasing the pitcher, you know, saying, we want a pitcher. Pitcher's got a big butt. And it's definitely getting to him, but, um. I would get to you too. So little 12 year old standing on first base telling you got a big butt. Although me, I'd throw a turn around chucking at his damn head. (laughs) Well, he does try to throw it, but he gets back to the base on time. And so now uh, Serez hits the ball, and Henry is so fascinated by, like, ooh, a ball, that Serez catches up to him. <laughs> now they're both running to home plate. Can't pass him. Pass him. You're out. Yep. He's like, come on, move your legs. I'm running as fast as I can. <laughs> yeah, you always forget about that first time. See that I can take that that that's gonna happen. That would happen. Yeah. Kids on base for the first time and a ball goes flying over his head. Yeah, he's gonna sit there and stare at it. Happens in Little League every time. <laughs> yeah. Well, they both managed to score. Um so the Cubs are winning. Uh Henry is growing. In in pitching success, and his personal life becomes strained when his friends, um, you know, he he doesn't show up for working on the boat. He's doing Pepsi commercials. He's doing photo shoots. And then he has an encounter with the mom's boyfriend, Jack. You know, uh, saying that they're moving to New York and he's been sold to the Yankees and that uh, his father didn't love him and his mother probably didn't even know who his father was, 
which then in turn Mary breaks up with him and throws him out of the house. And Henry goes and resolves his conflict with his friends. And the the owner, Bob, explains he never authorized the deal with the Yankees and wants to retain Henry. Um, but is disappointed when Henry says he's going to retire at the end of the season. So um, I was looking, I looked up ticket prices back then. So in 1993, a Chicago Cubs ticket, highest price ticket, take a guess. 93? Yep. Mm, 50 bucks. Lower. That's kind of what I figured. I mean, if you went back to that same time and you looked up Red Sox tickets, it's still like probably twice as much. Yeah, it was $11.47 to go to a Cubs game. Wow, I thought that they would have had like, you know, box seats or something for 50 bucks. Well, I mean, they might have, but like the grandstand tickets, like yeah. the general ticket. So you look at nowadays, like tickets to a Red Sox game right now, the cheapest you, you can't get. get no. <laughs> the cheapest you can get is 40 bucks. And that's like up there. If you can beat all the robots. Yeah. But um, he then, uh, Bob then demotes his nephew to be a hot dog vendor. And so Bob is sitting on the field with Henry's mom and his two friends. Oh, four, four hot dogs, please. <laughs> and he gives them $3. And he's like, you're like 11 bucks short here. So, uh, $18 for four hot dogs? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, now the hot dogs are smaller and cost twice as much. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad I don't have to go to any of that stuff yet. So, it's we're at the last game of the season now. And uh, the, the Cubs face the Mets again at Wrigley Field with Stedman starting, even though he Stedman has been told he's benched the rest of the season and they're releasing him at the end of the season. Oh, that was bad guy. Yeah. That was Jack Steele with, um, with Fisher to trade him to the Yankees. Yep. For $20 million. Not a bad deal for an 11-year-old kid. That whole thing... That whole trade situation yeah. made zero sense. Zero. Why would he want to get rid of the kid and send him to the Yankees? Because I think he was all about money. It, not going to give him the money. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, that, that whole... And then, ooh, Chet Stedman never plays again. It's... Why? Again, you're hurting your own team again. You're taking a pick, you know, that that doesn't help your team. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're buying his contract. So it's not really a trade. It's he's they're yeah. buying Henry's contract. Henry gets a percentage, you know, uh, Jack gets a percentage. And I'm sure the franchise owner gets a percentage, which would have been Fisher at that point, because. 
It still it didn't make any sense. In the long run, if you have the kid, it's that's that attraction is still gonna get you more money than you know, that's gonna get you. So but anyway. <laughs> so it's the it's the last day of the season. They're facing the Mets again. If the Cubs win, they win the division and move on to the World Series. Stedman's pitching, but he injures his arm on his last pitch and the ball is hit to Stedman, who can't throw it to home plate because his arm is hurt. So he runs and dives and tags the runner out at home, keeping the Cubs in the lead. He turns the ball over to Henry, who easily strikes out the side in the seventh and eighth innings. And at the top of the ninth, while walking out to the, the field, he trips on a ball and falls, thus undoing his yeah. too tight tendon. And... You know, the the arc of the movie. How's he going to do this? He can't throw it to home plate. What's going on? Um, So he walks the first batter. I guess if you don't have a choice, you do what you got to do. Yes, yes. And he explains to the teammates he can't throw a fastball anymore. But... He sends them back to their positions with a plan. With their cooperation, Henry sneaks the the ball to the first baseman, Oki, and pretends like yep, hits the hidden ball trick, tags him out. Um, Henry walks the next batter with whom he trades insults when the runner dares him to throw the ball high. Henry does so, but stops as the runner takes off a second and is tagged out, setting up a final showdown with our friend Hedo again. And he throws a changeup, which Hedo misses. And his next hit appears headed for the bleaches, but is ruled a foul ball. And just a little bit. You know, they were all very anxious watching this ball go and you know, let's talk about the coaching. <laughs> yeah. Um, the coach and Stedman, they're sitting there. Like, first the coach is ready to kill Henry when he walks the first guy. And then, you know, Chet calms him down. And then he does it again. And Chet, tried, Chet tries to run out. Mm-hmm. Um, so he is trying to figure out what to do. And he looks to the to his mother in the bleaches, who then... Tells him to float it. Well, he realizes that that it wasn't his father's glove that he had. It was really his mother's. Mm-hmm. And you see it throughout the movie, like when she throws the um, sunblock and sunblock. Uh, yep. I forget All what things. she she threw in the I don't beginning. The other thing. Yeah. But, <laughs> You know, and, and like even Daniel Stern's character goes, "Wow, she's got an arm," mm-hmm. and so Henry throws a quote-unquote floater, and haven't seen one of those since Squiggy McGee. <laughs> <laughs> Which Hendo misses. Because he stri- and strikes out. And proceeds to throw a temper tantrum on home plate. 
winning the division title for the Cubs and heading to the World Series. So that temper tantrum was funny. He's on the ground pouting. And, you know, this big tough guy, you know, you're expecting. But I love that slow-mo. Yeah. <laughs> Watch the video on YouTube to see the face Justin made. Um, so now it's the next spring. Henry's playing Little League again. And Mary and Stedman, who are now a couple, Ooh. are his team coaches. And after catching a potential home run ball that ensures his team's victory, Henry raises his fist to reveal a Cubs World Series championship ring, signifying his role in the Cubs World Series victory. Fade to black. So that's how you knew it was a movie up until you know recently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about the setting. We kind of talked a little bit that you know it should have been a Florida team or the White Sox, but Chicago. You won't see a mom letting her three kids go to a Cubs game by themselves these days. That's for sure. <laughs> yes. And, you, you know, 11 years old, what what were we doing at 11 years old? We weren't going to Red Sox games. No, but we were getting in as much trouble. <laughs> we'll leave that at that, folks. <laughs> All right. So the concept of a movie. This 11-year-old kid, freak accident, all of a sudden is now a start uh, relief pitcher for the Major League Baseball, you know, team, the Cubs. What do, how, what do you think? Like, if I came to you and I said, okay, I want to make a movie. I, I You know, there's, there's this kid, he gets hurt, then all of a sudden he can pitch really fast, and he's going to end up playing in the Major Leagues. Just based off of that information alone. I mean, I, I assume when they do this kind of thing, they, they have the hook, you know, figured into it. The whole how it comes about and all that stuff. So, but I mean, yeah, obviously it's never going to happen and wouldn't happen. I mean, there's plenty of kids these days who just for whatever reason, they just have freakish abilities. You know, yeah. right away. So, I mean, it happens, but not like this. And they're not just going to put them on a pro team. They're they're going to develop said said talent, and yeah. they're going to channel them because they realize that hey, that's going to make me money someday. You I know, mean, you, they say they don't pay college students, but I believe now. Now they can, yeah. College Back students then. can get endorsements and all that shit now. Now they can. Back then they couldn't. But they if you want the adult version of this movie, just go watch Trouble with the Curve with Amy Adams and Clint Eastwood. That's kind of the same concept. They find a guy that sells peanuts and Yeah, I mean, and that's those kinds of things. Those, though, obviously based on a you know true story, I think that was, but. Yeah, um, those things happen. I mean, there's plenty of movies about that. The rookie, yeah, uh, that that one Wahlberg did for the the Invincible, for the Eagles, Invincible. Um, yep, sure. Uh, so, but not not a kid, no. So, but I mean, you know, as a kid's movie, yeah. Obviously, we're talking about it now. I watched this a lot as a kid. 
I do so, too. I mean, um, do you think if they were to remake this now, do you think it would hold up? I mean, they'd probably just do the same thing over again. They might change a few things about it, but I mean, it, 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 that's the thing with these kinds of movies is it, it, it doesn't actually have to be believable to be yeah. you know, watchable. Yeah, and it that's... just has to have that, you know, here's the happy-go-lucky, here's the good thing that happens, here's the bad thing that happens. Yeah, it's resolved. That's that's all it's got to have. You yeah, know, and, you know, you know, for the um, the mother's boyfriend to all of a sudden assume the role as manager. And I mean, yeah, he he, he plays a, a great asshole, too. Um, <laughs> Bruce yeah. Altman. He really does. He's got that slimy, yuppie asshole. And I love that um, when he he's like, I am the manager! Yeah. Respect me! Like, you know, like, dude, the fuck? Chill out. But, um... I am the manager! And then when she... Goes, I eat half mine! Yeah. Like, it's, it's like, yeah, okay, dude, ch chillax, all right? And then when she fucking socks him and <laughs> that didn't hurt. <laughs> getting in and out of that stupid goddamn Miata. <laughs> yeah. That's like me trying to get out of a fucking compact cut. But, um, so the cinematography, obviously some great shots throughout the movie of, you know, at, you know, during the game, a couple cameos by a few big names, Barry Bonds and so forth. Um, we didn't even talk about the fun musical summer happy kids fun montage of them yeah. riding in their boat. But oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> let's let's talk about that. Thank you for bringing that up. That is one smoky ass fucking boat. <laughs> like, Burning like, a little too rich. Yeah, and <laughs> it's like you you think being a like a, a kids movie they'd be like, "Well, we don't want the boat to look like it's on fire the entire time. So maybe just smoke. But no, they literally, the kids were breathing in that smoke on the back of the boat. That's why there was no sequel, because all the kids died of cancer later on that year. <laughs> Thankfully, they did not. <laughs> um, but no, but that girl, she went on to be a chef or something, and she was on like some. Oh, really? Yeah, cooking competition on the Food Network and stuff. So yeah, because I was like, Which, she looks familiar. The um, the one that Henry likes. The one that was yeah, that Henry okay. likes. And I mean, she was in a lot of other movies at that time. Um, but yeah, she went on to be like a chef and was on like Food Network and stuff. So thought that was interesting. Real, real. Um, and then like, the one I mashed her name up. Columbia Jacobson. <laughs> um, the kid with the long hair, his mm -hmm. friend. I I was I was looking at it. And I was like, I know him from somewhere. Clark. Yep, he is from the Hulk Hogan movie. I can't remember which one. Suburban. Uh, from... Oh, uh, Mr. Nanny. Yeah, Mr. Nanny. Okay, uh, that's what it was. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um. Yeah, Robert Hyde Gorman. Mm -hmm. 
He was also in Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Leprechaun. That that was the one yep. when I had saw. Um, Leatherheads, Boy Meets World. He was on Full House, Rookie of the Year, Mr. Nanny. Empty Nest. Yeah. So he had quite the career. And the other kid, what was his name? George. George. Uh, yeah. Patrick LeBrock. LeBrock. LeBrock, yeah. Uh, he, he, did, was, he was in a lot of things, too. Beethoven, Heavyweights, Lawnmower Man 2, Camp Nowhere. Um, but he hasn't acted. He hasn't acted since 1995. Lawnmower Man 2 Beyond Cyberspace was his last movie. Camp Nowhere had Jessica Alba. Yeah. And then, of course, Gary Busey, we all know. Yep. <laughs> Mr. Joshua. And Thomas Ian Nicholas, he went on to star in the American Pie movies. Um, Can I say cream? <laughs> If you haven't, yeah. <laughs> if you haven't seen the new advertisement for Edwards Pies with Jason Biggs, go watch it. But um, I I did hear that he's in a band now, Thomas yeah. and Nicholas, and he still does a little acting on the side. Mm-hmm. But all right, so the script, the dialogue. Were the kids talking like we were talking back in those days? Oh, funky butt loving. <laughs> um, I mean, it was it was pretty straightforward. I mean, it, that that was pretty much how we were as kids. Yeah, you know, we'd call you an asshole to your face if you're an asshole. So yeah, <laughs> I'm surprised we never built a boat. I'm not. Yeah, who, who wants no, to go boating in the Charles? Yeah, no, I have enough arms and legs, thank you. Yeah. All right, so let's talk. I don't about... need to come up with another either grown or found. Yes. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about the length. I believe it was an hour and 42 minutes. That's pretty good. Hour 44 minutes, yeah. It went by quick. You know, it's an entertaining movie. It keeps you kind of engrossed through most of it. I mean, the, the the summertime fun musical montage kind of gets boring to me nowadays. But yeah, but it was like two two minutes long, not even. I tell you what gets me every freaking time. Every time I hear that piano start up, if it's irresistibly wonderful, <laughs> that yeah. damn Diet Pepsi commercial, Ray Charles. <laughs> And the lady undressing him, I was a little uncomfortable with that. Well, you know. Now that I'm older and I have a, you know, I have a kid, I'm like, oh, wait, wait, you can't do that nowadays. You can't touch him there. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. So, uh, how about the character development throughout the movie? You know, you see Henry, he, he's, he's developing into a, a pitcher just because of a freak accident, but and then you see the development of Chet, the grizzled veteran. Yeah, I mean, his was good. His his played out, obviously, like it should have. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, you get Henry, who becomes a douche. 
and then but, fixes but, himself and doesn't be a douche. But does it, he become a douche though? He does a bit. His attitude about it is a bit douchey. Um, and I get that, yeah, he's a kid being pushed to do these things and all that stuff. But at the same time, he's a bit douchey to his friends. <laughs> and that scene when he goes to like apologize and Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like he's standing there kind of douchey, like pouty face and yeah. you're just like, Hey man, would go? Come on, you coming? I don't know. Hey, douche McFace. You get something to say. You know, but I don't know. I mean, it it worked out well. Yeah, and I like the development of the team as, like, you know, at, at when he first goes and he's sitting in that guy's seat on the bench. Yep. And he's like, pitches are over there. And, and he looks over and they're all like, Giving him the side eye, you know. Hey! Yeah. And, you know, when he walks into the locker room, hi, I'm the new pitcher. Like, oh, Rocky, will you sign my baseball? Like, no, get away from me, you know. But you see it develop when they stop playing the game, the the games on the field, like the, you know, the, the hidden ball trick and shit like that. So what what was your favorite scene in the movie? I don't know. I like seeing Jack get punched in the face and kicked out the door. And I like seeing the doctor his nose ripped off his face and say funky butt loving. Yeah. So um, I would go with those. Yeah, I, I like when, you know, he's playing the Game Boy and Chet's like, you're going to have brain damage because of that thing or you're going to get stupid or whatever he said or the scene when you know obviously jack gets punched in the face and uh, i mean a lot of good scenes in this movie so big question we ask every week do we recommend this movie yes yes <laughs> um i mean it's a fun movie you don't have to like baseball you don't have to like you know, yeah. Anyway, it's just a fun movie. It's just you know, it's a it's a happy ending. Yeah, and they explain it to the point where if you know nothing about baseball, you will learn something. So maybe. <laughs> what about a sequel? Does it have a sequel potential? Hey, not really. No. Hurt his arm, lost his arm, done. And they can do another movie about another kid in another sport. Kid with his hamstring and he plays soccer or something. Yeah. He kicks field goals. <laughs> um and there was actually another movie that came out like this, Little Big League. But he was the owner of the team. Yeah, he wound up being the owner because his grandfather died, which came out in the wonderful year of nineteen ninety-four. Which we most likely will cover next year. <laughs> um <laughs> All right. If you could find, pick anybody to play Chet Stedman in a remake, who would you pick? Who's who's grumpy enough to? Mm. I don't know, because it has to be somebody who, you know, it can't be a young guy. It can't be, but it can't be somebody too old either. Yeah. You figure late 30s, early 40s. 
Which, I mean, cuts out most of your good grumps. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Picture Jason Statham playing Chet. No. He's too beyond that kind of thing. Yeah. I um, don't know. These questions are tough because it's it, you don't know until somebody does it. Yeah. I mean, how many times have you said, you know, if they've announced something, oh, it's going to be terrible, and you know, people like it. Yeah, and who would have thought Mr. Joshua could play a fun-loving, you know, baseball, washed-up baseball player? All right. What's your rating, Justin? No, I give this four. Yeah, that's what I gave it. IMDb, it has a score of 6.1 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes, 38% out of 100. And Letterboxd, 3 out of 5. Justin? They're wrong! Yeah. <laughs> I'm writing a letter. What are we covering oh. next week, Justin? Next week, we're going to be covering the wonderful classic 1991's What About Bob? Starring Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing that in theaters. I remember seeing this thousands of times. I mean, I've watched this movie a lot. So that'll be next week. The week after that, we are doing our first ever trivia game show where me, you, and Kyle will be competing. Yeah, we probably should have done that first before you announce that to people because it could just fail spectacularly and never get released, you know. I got it all figured out. So it could fail spectacularly and not get released. So if you're listening to this, <laughs> yeah. just know. If you happen to see that off the schedule in the next three weeks, you know why it failed miserably. <laughs> but no, I think I, th- I think it's going to go off with a hitch. Oh, great. Now it's going <laughs> to go off with a hitch. Oh, it's going to go off great, except, oh, shit, forgot to press record. <laughs> what, 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 I got the bases covered for this. I believe we're you gonna... without a hitch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, without a hitch. All right. Let's shut her down. The bar is now closed. Thank you so much for listening and maybe even for viewing. You can follow us and stay up to date with the podcast at the Movie Bar Pod on Twitter, at Movie Bar Podcast, on Instagram, at Movie Bar Pod, on the YouTubes, and at the Movie Bar Podcast on Facebook. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Podcast, Hanker, Google Podcasts, and most places you listen to your podcast, Jazz Hands. And be sure to check out our website, www.moviebarpod.com. .com. Thank you for listening. Please let us know what you want to hear by contacting us on social media or via email at themoviebar.outlook.com. Please be sure to like, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Bye. Bye. Kyle, say bye.